Well, this morning I would like to begin to touch on a specific topic with you all. We've been going through the book of Matthew for a while, the gospel of Matthew for a while. But this morning I want to touch on a topic. I want to speak about faith. And the Bible does indeed give to us a description of what faith is, and it depicts for us the people, all the people that have lived by faith as well. And we find that description, if you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11, we'll find a description of faith written there. We're going to spend a little bit of time in Hebrews chapter 11, as well as jump back and forth between some other scriptures. But um, the book of Hebrews is toward the back of your Bible, right between Philemon and James. Uh, If you need to do so, please go ahead to the table of contents in the front of your Bible and look for the page number there, because I'd really like you to be able to follow along with me here. Hebrews chapter 11, you're looking for. Now, unfortunately, the doctrine of faith has been, to me, it's been perverted in many ways. Uh, I believe that Satan and all of the forces of evil have done a good job of distracting people from the simplistic faith that God the Father, our Creator, desires for us to have. Faith is very simple. Okay? God is not the author of confusion. Okay? He wants us to know Him, and He wants us to walk by faith, as we'll, we'll discuss more as we go on here. But faith has been distorted, and it's been twisted, and packaged into all kinds of forms and false doctrines. And as a result, it has caused confusion and a great distraction from people having a true relationship with God. And what I'm going to begin to teach about this morning is faith as it is presented to us from a biblical standpoint. If you've known me long enough, you know that I'm not much for following the doctrines and the philosophies of men and women, right? My faith is based entirely upon what is written in the Holy Bible, the pages of Scripture. My life was changed by the Word of God, okay? And the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ that's, you know, contained in the pages of the Bible. It was that simple message that somebody shared with me about Jesus Christ and who He is and God's love for me that changed my life for years. It put me on the course that I've been on now for 33 years. And in the last 33 years, I've really had no interest, no desire in following other writings of any other forms, any other teachings. I've only cared about what's the will of God for my life, and I believe that it's all contained in the pages of Scripture. So that's the foundation of my faith. We see many books have been written and many different doctrines, many different opinions on the topic of faith. But like I said, do you really think that God wants us to be confused about faith? Do you think He made it difficult for us to understand how to come to Him and who He is? Right? Even amongst those that profess Christianity, there are many different proclamations made about what faith is. And if those proclamations do not line up with what is written in the Bible, then I personally want to pay no attention to them at all because I believe God 
tells us all that we need to know in the pages of the scripture, right? Now, over the years, for having that standpoint, for, for, for standing upon that, I've been called closed-minded, right? Narrow-minded, because I will not waver from what is written in the Bible. I've had people come along, give me many different books. Don't get me wrong, I've read books, not against reading other books and all of that, but many people come along and they'll say, hey, read this, and this is what we need to do, and this is how we need to be living, because this man wrote it, or this woman wrote it, or you know, this profession or that profession of faith. But again, I like to stick close to the Bible, which is why I teach you, you all from the Bible. It's why I go verse by verse normally in my teaching, right? Now, why do I take, you all the, take all the time to tell you all this? Well, again, it's sad for me that many people have complicated and, like I said, even perverted what God has made so simple in His Word. God went to great lengths to reach out to mankind. This time of year, Christmas is coming near. We remember the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's God's love. God's great mercy and grace for all of mankind was that He so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Just so that whomsoever would believe on Him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. That's, that's God's love, and it's very simplistic. And our faith is all to be directed toward Jesus Christ. No greater love for you and me has ever been displayed than the love that God has shown for us. God wants all people to know Him, and faith is the way to know Him. It's through faith. So the topic of faith is very, very important. So I'm taking us back this morning to this very simple topic in an effort to strengthen, to increase, and maybe for some listening or, or watching via, via video here, maybe to begin for the first time to live their life by faith in God. And if you already profess a faith in God, then our faith needs to be ever-increasing and ever-growing, right? So with that very long introduction, let's look at what the Bible says about the topic of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, and starting in verse 1, gives us a description of faith, right? It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Now, I'll stop right there and talk about this for a little bit here. Verse 1 there speaks of faith as a substance. Do you see that? That word substance is a word that speaks of a foundation. Okay, Something Firm. That is something that you can build your life upon and have complete confidence in. That's what faith is. It's a substance. It's a firm foundation. Right? You can stand firmly upon faith, but you cannot see it with your eyes. Right? There is something that you are hoping for in the future, but in order to get there, you need to remain upon the firm foundation of faith. Faith will transport you or get you to where you want to go. 
There is a place that God has for those that walk through this life firmly fixed upon faith, right? And with our eyes fixed upon the Lord, that's how we're going to get there, through faith, okay? From the first book of Genesis, right, to the last book of your Bible, Revelation, the context of it all is a story of redemption, the salvation of mankind. In the beginning, in Genesis, we can go back and read how, God, how man was separated from God, separated from a fellowship, from a relationship with God. But then we can read all the way through the Bible and find that God wanted to restore that fellowship and redeem mankind. So the whole Bible, Genesis to Revelation, is about the redemption of mankind. All of mankind, male and female, were created to walk in fellowship with God, their Creator. Of course, we know that, like I said, sin broke that fellowship. And like I said earlier as well, God went to great lengths to have people have the hope of eternal life, a never-ending life with God. And God showed great grace toward mankind and offered a way for mankind, for all of us, to be saved. And that way for us to be saved is through faith in Jesus Christ, right? So again, faith is a very important substance, right? Jesus is the only way to the Father, and our faith is to be only in Him. So we stand upon faith, hoping for or eagerly awaiting for that time when we will be in that place where God has prepared something for all of us who love Him. That eternal place where we will have daily fellowship with God again. And faith is that unseen, firm foundation that we build our lives upon. It's an unseen, firm foundation that we build our lives upon. You see, I talk about for 33 years I've walked by faith in Jesus Christ, right? Well, I've never seen Him. I've never heard His voice audibly, right? I've simply continued to walk by faith in Him. Okay? And that's what faith is. It's that firm foundation that we stand upon, fixed upon it, and nothing should turn us off of that. Okay? And if we're not careful, though, and we start to listen to all these other doctrines and all these other teachings and everything that goes on, when I say all these other teachings, it's not like I have the only true teaching or the only right teaching. Far from it. But the Bible does. And what I do is point you to the Bible. And if we're not careful, we can end up off of that firm foundation and find that we're losing our faith. We're distracted from the true faith because we're following so many other things, so many other doctrines, so many other teachings. But God made it real simple and He made it real clear. This is what your faith is to be founded upon. Jesus is the object of our faith. We are to build our lives upon Him. Now, we're not done looking at Hebrews here, but go ahead and mark this page somehow in your Bibles and turn to the book of Romans. I want you to find Romans chapter 8. It's back to the left from where we are now, but still in the New Testament. It's between the book of Acts and the book of 1 Corinthians. Okay, 
So if you find the book of Acts, it's the next book past Acts. And we're looking for Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And I want you to go ahead and look down with me and we'll start reading verse 24. It says, for we, are, for, for we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? That makes sense, right? I, can, I, I really can't sit here in front of you this morning and say, uh, for example, I, I, I hope to have a MacBook computer someday. I really hope to have one. Well, that wouldn't make any sense because that's what I'm using right here. I already have one. I already have a MacBook computer. It's right here in front of me. I can see it with my eyes. So I don't have to hope for that. Okay? So when it comes to salvation, verse 25 here says, But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. So this tells us that Getting to the day of our salvation is something that we hope for. And it's something that we persevere till we get there. We keep going. We have to keep standing firmly upon that firm foundation of faith in Jesus Christ. And how long do we have to stay there? All the way till the end. We have to persevere all the way to the end. And perseverance speaks of a struggle. Perseverance speaks of something that's not easy. It's not easy to keep walking by faith because there's all kinds of things that do come your way that try to distract you and knock you off of that firm foundation of faith. And it may be other teachings. It may be something that comes along and says, oh, hey, you know, you should believe this now. Look what this guy or look what this woman wrote about over here. We should believe that now. Instead, whatever it is, some other form of a doctrine, right? But we should never give up on faith because it takes perseverance. And we have to persevere all the way till the end, right? Go ahead and flip back now to Hebrews chapter 11 again. And we also see in verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 11 that faith is the evidence of things not seen. That word evidence there is a word that means proof, right? So that by which a thing is proved or tested. That's what that word means, okay? So again, putting it all together, faith is a proven, firm foundation. It's something that we can stand upon. And coming to God, making your stance to trust in God, means that you are committing to persevering in faith all the way till the end. It's a commitment you're making when you come to God. Jesus said, no man putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. When we come to Christ, it's a full, wholehearted commitment that we're going to now walk by faith and we're going to stand upon that faith till the end of our lives. Okay, Looking down for a moment here, staying in Hebrews chapter 6, but going down to um, Hebrews chapter 11, sorry, verse 6. What does it say? It says, but without faith, it is impossible 
to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So coming to God in the first place all begins with faith. You don't come to God because you've seen something with your eyes. Jesus said it's a wicked and adulterous generation that seeks after a sign. It's not about what we see. That's not how we come to God. We come to God first believing that He is. Now for me, it's easy. I mean, I look at faith as something simple. I I can go out and look at the ocean. I can look at the mountains. I can look at the trees. I can look at the air we breathe. I can't look at it, but I can breathe the air we breathe, right? And I can say, for me, there's a creator. There's a God. That's very simple to me. You know, so I first believe, and I've believed that my whole life. You know, there's a God. There's a God that's created all things. But when we come to Him, it says we must first believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And we understand what that word diligent means, right? It's not something just a one-time thing. It's not just a Sunday thing. It's not, oh, I seek God on Sundays. No, diligently is something that we do with our whole heart, with our whole life. We seek after God. We spend every day. Let everything, the Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. As long as we breathe and as long as we keep taking breaths, we should be praising the Lord and seeking Him and desiring to know His will for our lives. Right? You come to God with your life because you've chosen to walk by faith and not by sight. The whole world walks by sight. They say, if I see it, I'll believe it. And if we're not careful, we can fall into that trap without even knowing it. We we go through life and everything is about what we see. Because that's the way, way it is here, right? I see it. There it is. I have it. You know, it's right here in front of me. Then I know it exists. But that's not what coming to God is. Coming to God is, is faith. It's, it's something not seen. Like I said, I've not heard the voice of God audibly, nor have I seen God. And that person that says, I'll I'll believe it if I see it, is not the person that pleases God. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And in the end, you get no reward. There's no reward for the person that doesn't seek God by faith. And faith is a proven firm foundation you can build your life upon. Faith has proved itself to me to be a very tested and very tried firm foundation just as God's Word says it is. Then in verse 2 of chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11 there it says, for by it, right, still speaking of faith, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Now, if you take the time to read the whole Bible, you'll find many stories of faith that many men and women in God have based their lives upon. And they've seen God work in their lives. All of those people built their lives upon faith. They did not walk by sight. 
for walking by sight does not require faith. Okay? Oftentimes when we go through difficult circumstances in life, different trials and situations, we want to see something. We want something tangible. I want this result and I want it now and I want to see it. But that's not what faith is. That's not what walking by faith in God is about at all. There's no faith needed for that person that says, if I see it, I'll believe it, right? That person is not a person of faith. The faith of the elders spoken of here in verse 2 is a faith that never led them to a place of actually seeing things with their eyes. Go ahead and look further down. I'll show you what I'm talking about. Look further down in the chapter here at verse 13. Speaking of these elders that we just saw in verse 2, right? These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. This is what it's all about, folks. It's about what lies ahead and not about the here and now. Faith is not about the here and now. Okay? God promised Abraham that there would be a wonderful land for his descendants. But Abraham and many of his descendants after him died never seeing that land in their here and now. But they continued to walk by faith in God. They persevered. They stayed the course. Now, of course, the promised land did come to the descendants of Abraham, the children of Israel, but many of the elders died in faith, never seeing it when they were on the earth. Today, we're called to walk by that same kind of faith, eagerly awaiting our promised land. There's a promised land for us. It's the new Jerusalem that you read about in Revelation, the heavenly place, right? That's where we're going. And we're called to persevere in the faith all the way till we get there. Now earlier I talked about, I mentioned a couple times about faith being perverted in our day and age. And today there are those that teach a faith that is not based on the things that are eternal, right? But rather... Rather, it's based on the temporary things, the here and now. It's that kind of faith that often gets preached nowadays. They have distorted the teachings of the Bible and made them to be all about what you gain and what you obtain in this present world. They tell you that by faith you can speak things into existence. If you want wealth, if you want success in the here and now, all you have to do is speak it forth in a positive way. They teach that faith is all about prosperity and it's about health, right? But this is not the faith that the Bible teaches. Let's read verse 13 again and then I'm going to keep reading. Go Look at verse 13 again. These all died in the faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, 
If they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had the opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. You see, today, folks, God is calling people to come to faith, not in this temporary world, but to faith in a heavenly place where we're going when this life is complete. In His Word, God calls us to come out from living in a worldly manner. Come out from a way of life that is all about what you gain, what you obtain. God calls us to be not of this world. In His Word, God calls us to put our eyes on a heavenly home that we cannot yet see, but we hope for. And we are willing to persevere in faith till we come to that place. See, many people turn away from faith today because they're not fixing their lives upon that which is biblical faith. They're fixing it upon these type of teachings that I'm talking about that say you are to prosper, always be prosperous, always be in good health. Well, if you read the stories of the people of the Bible, you see that that's not true. It wasn't the case with them. Why would it be the case with us? Right? So verse 2 gives us... um, the story tells us about the elders, right? Those that followed God and walked by faith before us. And I want you to go ahead and jump down with me now to verse 32 in chapter 11. And I, I encourage you to, to read chapter 11 on your own, you know, straightforward. I'm kind of jumping through it here. But it speak, it's still speaking of those elders here. It speaks of more of them. And it says in verse 32, And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trials of mockings and scourgings, yes, of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. All of these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God, having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. And you know what, folks? The the something better that God had for them And for all of us is eternal life in heaven. An everlasting life with God that comes through faith in Jesus Christ. All of these people spoken of here in chapter 11 
are our examples of how we must persevere in faith. This temporary life is not the end-all, be-all. Our best life is not now. See, if you look at those scriptures that I just read and everything those people went through, it didn't say by faith they obtained Mercedes-Benz. By faith they owned mansions. By faith they were always healthy. By faith everything went real good for them. They had real easy lives. It doesn't say that. That's not what faith is about at all. Faith is about persevering to that place that God has prepared for us. Eye has not seen, I quote this verse all the time, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love Him. And that's what we're persevering toward. That's where we're going. These people were persecuted, beaten, imprisoned, sawn in half, cut in two, tormented, destitute, because they were looking for the same heavenly place that you and I are looking for, the place that God has prepared. Not what man prepares, not what we can gain or obtain for ourselves, right? Not what, it's not about our 401ks and our stock options and all of that kind of stuff. We're to be laying up treasures in heaven, not here on earth. The faith that teaches you to seek after the things of this world is a false faith. It's a false doctrine. It's not a biblical one. Mark this page again and turn in your Bibles and find 1 John chapter 2. It's toward the back, so to the right of the book of Hebrews. After Hebrews is James, then uh, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, and then 1 John. So right after 2 Peter. We're looking for 1 John chapter 2. And let's look down at verse 15. So 1 John 2, 15. It says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So pause right there. Right? Cars, real estate, boats, planes, stocks, 401ks and bonds, cash money, material things of all sorts. They are all things that are in this world, right? If a person is chasing after these things, right? Naming and claiming these things, speaking these things into existence as they say, then proclaiming that they're doing so by faith, then it's not the faith of the Bible. And the love of God is not in that person. The love that's in them is the love for those things. The love for the cars and the real estate and the money. They're, they're placing that as the high priority in their lives. And they're basing their faith upon it. And they're saying, you can have this if, if you walk by this kind of faith. If you live in this certain kind of way. And most of these people that teach this stuff are telling people to send all their money into them too. Right? And then they get the plane. And then they get the cars, and then they get the mansions, and they get all that stuff. And they tell you they got it by faith. 
No, they got it by you sending your money into them. That's how they got it. And they're teaching a false doctrine. They're teaching a false faith, not a biblically-based faith. But I'm telling you, the reason I'm teaching on this topic today is so many people have been fooled by this. So many people that are professing Christians fall into this trap. And they make it all about the here and the now. And they make it about this life. You know, your best life now. It's not about this life. Faith has nothing to do with that. It's not about where I am. I'm seeking a better place than where I am. Right? A heavenly place. Let's read on. Verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. So, in other words, the lust of the eye, I see that. I want that. I gotta have that. My brother has that. My sister has that. My neighbor has that. I need it too. And we fall into that trap of living in that way. So we get the credit cards and we run them up and we get the debt and we run it up. And then it, what does it do? It takes our peace away. It steals our joy. There's no rest for our souls because we're in debt to this world because we love this world and the things of this world, right? But that's not the faith. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm showing you, I'm pointing out to you the faith that the Bible teaches and the faith that God wants us to have. Verse 17 there says, And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Have you noticed that, that the world is passing away? Have you noticed that the days keep flying by? Have you noticed I don't have brown hair anymore? <laughs> you know? I mean, things just keep getting older. Things keep passing by, right? So why am I going to trust in it? Why am I going to grab onto it? Why am I going to stress or worry about the things of this world? You know, I want to simplify. I want less and less and less. And the less I have, the more blessed I am. The less stress I have and everything, right? But we need to base our lives on a faith that is in the will of God. He who does the will of God, it says, abides forever. Right? And again, God's will is portrayed for our lives from Genesis to Revelation. And His will is that we would come to trust in Him completely for our daily bread. In the book of Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 8, I won't have you turn there, but in, it's uh, Proverbs 30 verses 8 and 9. It says, Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted to me. Lest I be full and deny you, speaking of the Lord, right? Lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. You see, that speaks of just simply wanting to be in the will of God on a daily basis. Did not Jesus teach us to pray? Give us this day our daily bread, right? Just today. Jesus, did he not teach us, do not worry, take no thought for tomorrow, for sufficient for today are the troubles thereof. Just, just focus on today, one day at a time. Every day we are 
to live this life not chasing after, not loving the things of this world, but rather simply trusting, simply being satisfied with the things that God provides. And this requires faith, trusting in Him. Not faith in things, faith in God. Jesus said that in this world you will have tribulation, right? Sometimes there's sickness. Other times we go through times of health. Sometimes there's poverty, and other times we have plenty. But faith isn't stronger in health, nor is it weaker in sickness, as some might teach. Faith isn't proven greater in riches, nor is it considered less in poverty. Faith is all about where we are going after this life and nothing about what we have now or what we obtain, right? Again, our faith is not to be about what we gain in this world, but rather our faith is to be completely in God and His ultimate will and that we have fellowship with Him because, again, this is what He wanted to do was restore our fellowship with Him. Now I want to just take a little bit more time and take you through a few other passages of Scripture found in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 6. So please go ahead and turn there. And again, just look up the page number if you need to. Uh, we're in 1 John, right? So it's back to the left from where you are. If you find one book that begins with the letter T, they're all together. And I want you to find 1 Timothy chapter 6. And I want to start reading at verse 3. He says, If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, so there's the wholesome words, right? That's the words we're to follow, the words of Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness. He is proud, knowing nothing but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, reviling, evil suspicions. There are many people that do that, love to cause strife, right? They love to cause arguments and disputes over this or that, right? Useless wranglings, verse 5 says, of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, who, look what it says here, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. This is speaking of men who suppose that godliness leads to prosperity. It's a means of gain. It leads to health. It leads to wealth. They tell you that because they say you are God's children and you should be healthy and wealthy in this world. And it goes on at the end of verse 5 there to say, from such withdraw yourself. So pay no attention to these people. The people that cause arguments and disputes and teach this kind of doctrine and all of that, pay no attention to them. Withdraw yourself from them. Then verse 6 tells us what gain really is. Do you want to know what gain really is? Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. 
and having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. So it doesn't get any plainer than that, does it? Faith is not about how healthy or wealthy you can be. I've known wonderful, godly people in my life that got sick, stayed sick, and died. I've known wonderful, godly people in my life that lived in poverty until they died. But they served the Lord with every breath that they had. God is not concerned about who you are on the outside and in the material things that you have. You're not more godly based on how healthy or wealthy you are. The faith that the Bible teaches is a faith that changes who you are internally. And contentment is an inward thing. Being content. That's a state of your heart. It's a state of your mind. state of who you are internally. I know people that profess Christianity but are chasing after health and wealth but their marriages are in disarray. There, there is no godly order in their homes. They're in debt up to their eyeballs, and they're stressing over it. And that, that distress weighs them down. Verse 9 continues here and says, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. You see, chasing after money leads people far away from a true faith in God. Faith in God is a simplistic faith. It's a peaceful faith. It's a contentful faith. Right? It's a resting faith, trusting in Him. But again, there's this faith taught today that professes godliness while chasing after money and chasing after the things of this world. The faith that the Bible teaches teaches us to pursue different kinds of things. Look at verse 11. But you, O man of God, flee these things and Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. This is what a true person of faith looks like. A true man of God, a true woman of God is in pursuit of righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Is that the characteristics of your life today? Remember, we are to persevere in the faith. And verse 12 says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of what? Eternal life. Not this temporary life. Don't grab everything here. No, you want to grab onto something? It's eternal life. To which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. True faith. Again, that's, it's, not, it's about eternal life. Right? So what do we do? We continue to press on in the faith, firmly fixed upon not where we are, but rather upon where we are going. Faith is not aimless. Jesus, our Redeemer, is the one we are to fix our eyes upon. 
We read the Word of God, and by faith, we do the things that Jesus taught us to do. We live here in this world as strangers and pilgrims, just like the elders did. In other words, we're just passing through. We're not carrying a bunch of baggage. We're not holding on to a bunch of things. We're just passing through. We are to seek after godliness while all the while being content in our hearts with the will of God for our lives. There may come wealth. You may come have abundance in your life. There may come poverty. There may come health and there may come sickness. But all in all, we're just passing through. We have a better place prepared for us. So what has your focus been? Has it been all about you? What you gain, what you obtain? Right? Remember, we are called by God to come to Jesus to take up the cross and to follow after Him. Are you a professing Christian who has fallen into the doctrines of men rather than standing firmly upon the sound doctrine of the Word of God? Are you a lost soul who's made a mess of your life and you're wondering how you can come to God in the first place while faith is the answer? You come to God by faith, believing that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And then you walk by faith and you persevere in the faith all the way till the end. And you stop living for this world and you start living for God. You trust in Him with all your heart, knowing that He has a better place for you. But you'll get to that place through faith. And more specifically, you get to that place through faith in Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 4, verse 12 says that there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the object of our faith. There's much more to be learned on this topic of faith, and I encourage you to to all dig deeper into it. But as you're digging deeper into faith and as you're trying to grow in your own faith and persevere in your own faith, don't get caught up in the books and the writings and the doctrines of men and women, false teaching. Read the Bible because the Bible is the only place where you will find sound doctrine for it is the Word of God and you can base your life upon it. it you can fix your life upon that firm foundation of faith in God and in God alone. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, Lord, we thank you for this good day, God. We thank you for your love and grace and mercy in our lives. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for your spirit who teaches us, God. I pray your will to be done in all of our lives. Those that will listen to this audio teaching, watch this video, Lord. Let your will be done in our lives, Lord. But Lord, it's up to us this day whether we will choose to trust in you or trust in this world. Your world, your word tells us to trust in you and lean not to our own understand, understanding, but in all our ways to acknowledge you. And you'll direct our paths, Lord. So we thank you for your word and we thank you again for this time together. 
In Jesus' name, amen.